0: The Coaches Network, bringing the game together.
2: They like similar things. Players like to be noticed. Um, They like you to pay them attention. They like praise. The Coaches
0: Network, bringing the game together.
3: You're now listening to The Coaches Network. Podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of coach and player development together. My name is Coach Yas, a UEFA A licensed, FA Advanced Youth Award, and FA Goalkeeper B licensed coach, with over ten years of experience working in youth football from grassroots right through to Premier League academies. I'm currently operating as an affiliate tutor for the FA, alongside working towards a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. Today, I'm going to be joined by my co-host and the Coaches Network analysis specialist, Coach Ben. Benazou is a licensed coach who holds the FA Youth Award and a Masters in Sports Coaching, with 10 years of experience including working across the male and female youth development pathways, alongside a vast experience on individual, player and team performance analysis. And as part of our Insight series, we'll be joined by a range of individuals working across multiple disciplines within the coaching world in order to explore their journeys and dig deeper into their experiences, so that we can leave you with some golden nuggets to help you reach your full potential.
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Coaches Network, guys. My name's Coach Yas, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Ben. What's happening, Ben? You good, yeah?
1: Very good. Ready for an insightful chat.
0: Brilliant. And today we're joined by a very special guest, performance coach and youth development phase coach at Reading Football Club, Reese Denton. How's it going, Reese?
2: Yeah, all good. All good. Nice to Brilliant, be on the Reece chat club. with you guys.
0: Likewise. Um Reece, not going to waste any time. We're going to get straight into it, man. You want to let the listeners a bit <laughs> about your journey and where it started.
2: Yeah, um... I guess I finished playing at a relatively young age um, and coaching had sort of always interested me. Um, I wanted to impact the development of players and sort of help them achieve achieve their potential. Um, That was a key thing for me. Um, With that in mind, I just sort of tried to become probably the most qualified coach that I could be. Um, I did my youth mods and UEFA B um, and then sort of set about trying to find myself a club like, like an academy team. Um, mm. I ended up with a friend of mine's dad um, who I should actually probably say he's, he's someone that I admire and respect and he sort of gave me the opportunity to come and coach with him at an under-18s grassroots side. So, um, that, that's where I sort of um, worked with them and he gave me the opportunity to work with these young players and it sort of started mm-hmm. from there for me, really. Um, I was determined to get into a professional environment. Um, by that time, I was sort of doing my own individual coaching um, and sort of working with clients and supporting them towards their goals back at their pro clubs. Um, for me, it was something that I didn't envision doing initially, but as I started doing it, it it sort of picked up and became something that I wanted to do Uh more often i wanted to find more opportunities to do it um it sort of strengthened my opportunity to go into an academy environment as well as i was sort of working with players who had graduated through academies or were leading performers in certain academies um so it stood me in good stead and i ended up at bristol city at the start of that sort of my uh second season in
0: coaching Right, and just you know, just to kind of take you back there. You, know, you talked about the you know, when you finished your playing uh, career. I guess what, what, where did that take you to? What, the, what level did you play, and what, what the kind of steps that you kind of led you into the coaching side of things? You know, um,
3: um,
2: I was sort of I was an academy player when I was younger. Um, didn't make it into my scholarship year, unfortunately. You had um, academy back in
3: your day?
2: Yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know how old Ben's. Uh,
3: Ben's sort to of <laughs> let you know I am,
2: but. You know, I'm I'm just about young enough to be be an academy uh, uh player. Um, sort of ended up going to going down sort of the non-league group as a young player. Um, got to around the age of 24 and just decided that coaching was probably the route that I wanted to take and wanted to focus on. Um, and that was sort of how it how I sort of went about it. After that, I just put all my effort and energy into coaching.
0: Sure. And just in terms of that, in terms of qualification-wise, and where did that journey start for you? How did you get? When did you start climbing onto the coaching ladder in that respect?
2: Um, naturally, being at a football and education course, I was quite lucky to be put through my level one and two there. So I sort of had my level one and two at, quite, at a really young age, sort of 17, 18, I had my level two. Um, when I went to university, I picked up a few of my youth mods um, and then by the time I finished playing at sort of 24, it meant that then I could uh, progress and sort of really focus and go and do my UEFA B, which obviously stands you in good stead to get into an academy side.
0: Definitely. You touched there, obviously, getting your UEFA B. Um, age, age
2: 24, yeah? I think I was about 25 once I completed the course, but yeah. Roughly, Okay,
0: so twenty-five years ago. Then, but um, <laughs> so you've gone. You've gone on to get UA for B. Yeah. Um, where did the journey go from there? Because you know, UA for B is you know certainly in your time was obviously a sort of the qualification, quite a difficult one to get on. Yeah. Um, you know, moving transitioning from playing to now going into coaching. What was the push that made you think? All right, I want to go and do my UA for B. Um, I think. Just just the fact that I wanted to
2: wanted to work with more talented players. I saw it as a good opportunity to go on and learn the coaching side to it. I think there are two sides to football. You can gain a lot of experience through playing um, and a lot of experience through being in professional environments. But the actual sort of uh, theoretical side to coaching, um, it's important to sort of have that knowledge and understanding if you're going to be impactful in those environments and sort of be the best coach that you can for these young kids Um mm. so for me I guess I just saw it as an important part to make sure that I was qualified to do the job that I wanted to do not just experienced
0: okay. and Did you manage to complete UA for, sorry Ben did you manage to complete at UEFA B before you uh, I guess joined Bristol City yeah
2: yeah um, I had my B licence for a few months before I went to Bristol Um and then Sort of, it was a case of finishing and completing my youth mods as well there, and then yeah.
1: Okay, and with your initial experience in there, um, you talked about that need to obviously work with you know better players and whatnot. What was your sort of like initial reaction of then being within an academy setup, coaching wise?
2: Um, I guess it was just it was strange being on the other side of it. Um, Mm. and sort of being in an environment where you're able to impact the players Um, I was used to just sort of turning up and training and there wasn't much thought into the processes or the people behind like what you're doing and why you're doing it Um, I guess it was good to see the standard of players and how they've improved but it was also good to sort of understand um, the things that have changed the things that were different Compared to when I was quite young, uh, how much attention, how much detail is involved in sort of ensuring that you're doing the best thing for these young players.
1: And um, before that, uh, did you start then the one to one sort of performance uh, coaching before entering into Bristol?
2: Yeah, so I'd already been doing that. I've been doing that for uh, maybe. Yeah, three, four months before I'd gone into Bristol City. Um, I'd been working with uh, younger players and and sort of players who were professionals trying to get into clubs and and sort of supporting them through their pre-season. Um, so I'd been doing quite a bit of that um, before I'd gone in. So it was, again, it stood me in good stead because sort of the standard that you have to be up to to sort of cater to those players. Um, and put on meaningful sessions for them. Um, it really helped me think about how I could be a better coach before I necessarily needed to. If you get what I mean.
1: Mm. Yeah, it seems like um, you know, having that sort of uh, variability there, like you, you weren't necessarily just going into the environment with a blank canvas. Like you kind of had an idea of what the potential end product can look like. Working with such like a huge range of players um, doing your one-to-one sessions and all, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, from Bristol, where did your journey go?
2: Um, I worked at Bristol City for about 14 months and then I moved on to Reading. Um, continued doing my performance coaching stuff um, alongside it. Um, but, yeah, I moved on to Reading where I've been sort of working in the YDP phase there for the last uh, three seasons.
1: And obviously, uh, with, with no disrespect obviously to Bristol, um, is, is a bit of a jump in terms of um, the sort of facilities, um, the standard of players that you're working with, the contact time that you have. Um, was there any sort of um, consider- considerable differences you've seen in the way that you had to coach these players in comparison to how you coached in Bristol?
2: I think that it's contextual. So... I think that there are certain things that you'll find in one environment that other environments might lack, or there might be certain strengths in the environment in Bristol, for example, that, um, Reading will have completely different strengths. And I think it was just a variance as opposed to necessarily, uh, one being much stronger than the other. Um, I think that the biggest thing for me was adapting to a different environment and a different way of doing things. Um, as you, as we all know, uh, different different uh, environments and different coaching settings, they expect different things from their players. Different. There's almost a different way to develop that individual. And adapting to that, I think, was the biggest change uh, from moving over from Bristol over to Reading and sort of focusing on you're dealing with players who are from a different background necessarily. They've got different things going for them. Um, uh, they might have, they might, it was definitely larger groups. Uh, we have larger groups over at Reading than we did at Bristol City. Um, so there are many more individuals for you to sort of get to know and sort of understand what they need in order to develop and sort of where they're going with their journey as well. So just like uh, least, uh, sorry,
0: Ben. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to delve deeper into your role a little yeah. bit. So, you know, you talked there about being performance coach. Yeah. You know, just just for us and the listeners if you might, if you wouldn't mind just going into a bit de- detail around what that actually looks like
2: um I guess I see my role as sort of supporting the player to perform effectively um and consistently to the best of their potential within their environment so um in essence if if you're working with me uh with all the players I work with, we practice uh we prepare and then we perform. So that would be the process that we'd go through. Um, The role enables me to really get to know players as well uh, on a more personal level than perhaps you would as a team coach. Um, It sort of gives me the opportunity to give my all to the player and in building that type of relationship, it can be a crucial bridge when you're helping them get to the next steps of their career. Um, I guess it's an opportunity to work with young players and, sort of support them in terms of what they need individually and what they need personally to reach that next contract, to get to the next level of their development, to go from uh, under-18s into the into the under-23s or to go from an under-16s to a scholarship or to go from uh, the PDP phase into the pro game as such. And in terms of that, obviously, you
0: know, if, you know, by, the, by the sounds of it, a lot of your role is more supporting them and really developing deeper relationships with the players. What would you say are some of the fundamental elements to, I guess, achieving that?
2: Um, I guess for me, when I sort of look at my own philosophy and working with the players, um, there's an openness. Um, and I like to be open when it comes to, uh, to their development. Um, I want the players to be able to see the picture and sort of know what it takes for them to reach their dreams. Um, I want players to understand how hard they have to work to get there and sort of what's involved within that work. Um, The detail that I provide players with on or off field, for me, it's got to be to a level that we're looking to reach potential week by week, but in a measured process. Um, I guess my aim is to create players capable and that... Ultimately, I want them to make the best decisions within their performance. Um, I think for me, this whole the journey of development, it can be quite a lonely road. Um, and it's it's quite a hard road to walk down on your own. Um, I want players to know that there's someone with them working in their corner, someone that's committed to them. Um, so for me, it's important that the athletes that work with me know that we'll walk the road together and that they've got somebody in their corner that's devoted to them, committed to them as such.
1: Mm. I I guess like um, a thing that kind of echoes what you're saying is that you're seeing now a lot of um, these top young pros that actually have a team around them of like, you know, different specialists that are doing different things for them. So it doesn't just feel like an individualised sort of journey that is a they're sharing these experiences with um, people. And I guess that's sort of the role that you can um, kind of help your players in that sense there.
2: Yeah, I think it's something that right now for young players aged 16 to 23, really increasing that support network around them, really giving them good, solid, honest advice that's going to help them improve, not just make them happy. I think that's important at this moment in time. I think it's going to really help them kick on, especially the players with huge potential, for them to be able to sort of get uh, an insight into what's going to help them be great, what's going to help them kick on and and stuff that's really focused towards them. They do a lot of stuff um, focused around the team, focused around three points on a Saturday. I find that if you improve that individual, then your chances of getting three points on a Saturday is is, is is going to increase as well.
1: Mm. And um, you mentioned a bit earlier about uh, you know sort of on the field and off the and um, off the field sort of support. And as you can imagine, in this uh, day and age that we're living in, with the whole uh, you know corona element and yeah. whatnot. There's a, lot, there's a lot more coaches that are coming out as, you know, quote-unquote individual coaches who, in my opinion, you can't, it's not just something that you can throw yourself into per se and like, like you've already said, like, you've had to, you you have to learn about, like, you know, the environment that the player is within and what they demand of them so that you can like, marry it up with what you can help the player with. Um, so, in terms of like the off-the-field sort of support, just yeah. um, just for our listeners, Abe, like what sort of things would you be doing with them off the field to help them?
2: Um, I think initially it's important to get to know them, um, just sort mm. of get to know what they know, get to know what they're interested in, um, get to know what sort of journey they want to go on. It's all, it's all good and well sort of pinpointing a journey for a player, but if they don't see that or if they don't want that for themselves, it's going to be quite hard to take them down that route. Um, I think that a lot of the off-field stuff, um, the stuff that away from the pitch or away from sort of uh, gym stuff is more to do with their mentality, more to do with sort of their lifestyle habits and and making sure that they're uh, living in a performance-conducive way. So, giving them the support that they need in order to ensure that they've got everything they need and everything within their mindset that sort of helps them be the best that they can be both when they return to the field, but also away from it. So they understand the concept of nutrition. They under, understand the concept of getting some uh, good recovery work done, getting mm-hmm. getting good sleep. They understand um, sort of keeping their mind fresh and, and sort of getting the right amount of sleep and stuff like that and living a good lifestyle do you know what I mean? Just making sure that they mm. really understand how much they can do to ensure that they're in the right frame of mind as well.
1: Yeah, already what you're kind of saying there, like all, all these aspects of it is it's like a, a holistic sort of development um, to, towards that. And I feel like, um, you know, kind of the perspective of like individual coaching is kind of, uh, Ten only be kind of uh, skewed towards some, um, you know, technical development, where, whereas it should be that looked at in that sort of lens, where you're supporting the player like as a whole, as a person. Because like, yeah, they they have their contact time with um, the clubs and whatnot, but you know that's the sort of element that is probably not encouraged enough off off the pitch. And granted, clubs have their limitations uh, because of the staff they of have. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, for you, like, cause it's, it's quite an interesting, uh, path to take and you, you are, you've been in like working in this field for, from early. So like what exactly influenced you? Was was there a particular person that influenced you to go, go down this route or, um, did you have any particular mentors that, that encouraged you to go down this? Do you know,
2: go, going down this route when I first started, um, it was more curiosity. It was more, I'd applied for a few academy jobs and I hadn't been successful in sort of gaining interviews or hadn't had the opportunity to sort of go in there and, and, and secure a role. And I felt like I needed to do something. Um, So I, I sort of stumbled across this idea of sort of working with individuals and working with small groups and, and sort of supporting the young players in, in my own area, in my local area and, and and working with them and sort of helping them over pre-season. And it just sort of spiraled from there. Um, I guess I was fortunate enough to, to have that hunger and desire to want to do a good job for them, not just do the job. Um, and it sort of helped me along, along that road that as I, as I kept doing more, as I kept sort of putting out more information about what I was doing, um, the quality in those who, who came um, to sort of do sessions, it it grew and that really helped me as well. Do you know what I mean? It really helped me get get a name for myself and as people experienced the work that I was doing, it, it, it in turn made what made the situation and made um, the service that I was providing stronger. Um, yeah, I guess mm. during that journey, um I guess during my first role, um, I was fortunate and I'm probably going to get told off for mentioning him, but I was fortunate. To, um, one <laughs> of the biggest influences I had was the head of schoolboy coaching, uh, Luke Hussey. Um, he sort of, it's, it's funny because when you go into these academy environments, you expect to learn loads about how to coach the technical detail, loads about how to coach the tactical detail. And I learned loads about that. Um, But the things which stuck with me um, was he sort of taught me to embrace the game for what it is. Um, And he involved my thoughts on how to show compassion and really care about the players as individuals. Not Not just treat them as though they're all one team. This is how we do it. But to really look at that individual and start to cater for those individuals. Um, I guess it played into my hands a little bit as my beliefs were already on that line, um, but it definitely played a big part in how I developed to this stage of my career.
0: I just want to take you back a little bit there. You, know, you talked there about you know doing the one to one stuff and do small group work. Now, as time has gone on, you know, it's largely due to this lockdown, I think it's, 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 it's increased even more we're seeing more and more coaches come through and, you know, set themselves up with platforms that where they're now presenting themselves as one-to-one coaches or however you wish to view it. What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like a lot of coaches now um, that are going down that path, maybe are doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, not necessarily bad reasons, but, you know, Obviously, the lockdown has restricted people in many ways and one of them mainly being finances. So, people are trying to, I guess, make up for that where they can. What What, what do you think that does for the integrity of that, that one-to-one element and, I guess, people working in that element of the game?
2: Um, Go on. What do you think their motivations are? I know I'm asking a question within a question, but I'm interested. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, for me, well, for me personally, I mean, I've, my experience is, look, I've... I've I do a lot of i do i do one to do one stuff myself. Okay. um i've been doing it for i've been doing it for many years um but I'm very particular about who I work with personally right um for a couple of reasons yes okay you know as we all do when we we'll compensated appropriately for our time um but we also want to make sure you know for, certainly from my perspective i want to make sure that the people who I'm working with are getting bang for their buck and they're getting value for money um you know, I think there's a lot of people who are maybe uh, certainly right now understandably but and yeah you know, i'm I guess I'm fearful that it might continue for a long while now I'm um, jumping on that wave a little bit to make like, make an extra extra bit of change here and there uh, but maybe not really giving value for money and obviously there's parents out there who are desperate to maybe help their young young sons or young daughters to get that extra bit of support and development but maybe I'd I will not call it ignorant, maybe naive and maybe uneducated to the point as to what to expect from that environment if that makes sense
2: Yeah, Um, I think I think that there are two elements to this there's uh, the perspective of the player and then there's also the integrity of the coach Um, I think from a player perspective it, it depends on what type of where your potential lies, Um, I think that elite players need elite coaches. Um, I think that that's important. If you're going to be an elite player and you're looking to be the best player that you can be, I think it's important that you work with the best coaches that you can work with. Um, Can I just
0: just stop you there for a second? I'll ask you something there. Go You're talking there about your phrase as elite coach. Yeah. Commonly, uh, something you touched on earlier as well. You know, commonly you expect that okay, that elite coach is going to have a high level of technical understanding, yeah, um, and being able to you know, transfer that information across from the coach to the player. But you know, I think it's important to highlight for maybe potential parents and people supporting players through their journeys that, that might be listening to this as well that that's not all coaching is. Sometimes the coach might not be there from a technical perspective. The coach could be there to support them on other aspects of that. So, um, would you mind just maybe? sharing a bit more in terms of your thoughts around what that elite coach looks like to
2: you? Um, For me, it's somebody who can provide the players with an opportunity to gain an insight into the journey that they're going on and what that journey looks like. Um, Now, you can see there are a lot of uh, ex-pros who have been along that journey who might not necessarily have the qualifications that give them a strength, a, a, a standing point within the coaching world, but the experiences that they've gained uh, are second to none. They've got a place in, in giving these players the advice and sort of the encouragement that they may need in order to, yeah. to go along their journeys. On the other side, it might be somebody who's highly skilled as a coach who has gone out and, and ensured that they've got all the knowledge that they need and can impart that knowledge in a way that can be really impactful for the player.
1: Okay.
2: Um, I think it's, it's, it's very hard to pinpoint the exact amount of qualifications, the exact amount of experience that you need in order to be an elite coach. I think it's very much to do with that, your ability to impart that knowledge and really impact the player. And right. I think that those who can demonstrate right. that consistently, I think, I think that's what sets them apart from the rest.
0: Def definitely I think and i and I would agree to an extent, and I think coming back to the initial question around those who are maybe starting to go down that one to one route and, you know this is really you know for me to really get them to provoke some thought for those coaches who maybe who are charging some an extortion of prices or exceptionally <laughs> high prices sometimes yes yeah. um, but often from my experience in some cases anyway. Don't actually have that level of knowledge or understanding that that is required mm. to, um, I guess, be aware of what that path could or should look like for that player in that stage of development. if That makes yeah, sense. Yeah.
2: No. I think. Uh, I guess if if the environment's going to remain unregulated, then it's always going to be open to everyone's interpretation on what is the standard. Um, mm-hmm. I think currently, uh, one-to-one coaches, especially um, those that sort of just do the the technical coaching with players, or or they take a group of players that they're, they're in a world which in which nobody nobody's yet governed, nobody's yet sort of turn around and laid down the rules for for what that environment has to look like, um, especially in the world of elite players.
0: Yeah, but well, I think equally within that, I think it's also—I don't think it's something if it can be governed because that one-to-one coaching can look so different depending on what kind of oh game massively, you are. So,
2: massively, yeah. Uh, you know,
0: you touched on yeah. it about there being some you know an element of technical coaches in largely when people think uh, one-to-one coaching, they do think okay, technical, and it tends to be the 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 the, em- the emphasis and the, I guess the, the the assumption is okay, this is going to be a lot more technical, ball mastery, and that side of that of that side of the game. Yeah, um, I'll give you an example. Like for instance, myself, I, I and I, you know I've had the, I had this have this conversation with people all the time, and you know it it could be seen as controversial, but I don't believe personally that that stuff is important because you can have all the ball mastery stuff. It is, of course, it's important to an extent, but you can have all the skills in the world, but and all the technique in the world. But if you don't know where and when to apply it, then it don't mean a thing, in my opinion. Um, so. I when I do my when I do, when I do a lot of my I guess one to one stuff, then I guess small group work is much more around decision making element. So, for instance, and I think this is why I say this is because it's important for players to understand and maybe people listening in on this that if they're going to recommend players to go for one to one sessions and stuff like that, it's also important to remember who they're going to recommend these players to and for what reason. So, for instance, they might come to Ben. And Ben might have a certain specialty that he works on. They might come to you and pick up something different from you, and then pick up something different from me, as an example. And then I guess look for a way to blend and marry all that up together. Yeah. Um. Rather rather than just a plain assumption of, right? This is what one to one coaching is, and this is what you're going to get from it. Yeah. Um. I'll give you. And no, I said it earlier. I'm very specific about it, or particular about who I take on as. Um, a player that I may train on a one-to-one basis because I want to make sure that they fully understand my philosophy and what my outlook is on this. It's not to say that I can't be flexible and, I guess, look to meet their needs, but I'm much more rather, if I feel that, I could, you know, what they're looking for isn't necessarily what I'm trying to get across uh, to an extent, then I will probably signpost it to someone who I think is a better a better, a better, expertise in that area, if that makes sense.
2: Right, okay. Yeah, no, I think um, it's important to if if you're gonna be a specialist coach, coach, and for me, um, the sort of work that I do in performance culture, for me, that's a specialist role. It's a specialist position. It's important that you've got expertise. Um, it's important that you, if you, if there is a gap in knowledge that you're filling it, it's important that uh, you go and meet with people who are who are experts. You go and gain that knowledge from people who have the knowledge of. A higher degree, or have the knowledge of working with those elite performers, and I think that in turn qualifies you to to then go out and practice in in a different at a different level. Um, it qualifies you to then then be able to impart your knowledge on those who are trying to be the elite um, because you've done your due diligence. You, uh, I, I like to call it going up into the mountains and sort of speaking to the gurus, um, you've done that that bit of due diligence that you sort of qualifies you to then go on and impart knowledge.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of steer the conversation a bit. Um, you are, a, you know, a coach that is within an elite environment and you, you've had your experiences in the elite environments as well. And you are one that uh, is of, like, an know your background. And I just wanted to kind of gauge an idea with the whole uh, movement that's happening now and whatnot. I think it's just important that we have these conversations because um, what you're tending to find is that some people are not aware of certain challenges that may be faced Yeah. Uh, and whatnot. Uh, is there any particular sort of challenges that you've faced uh Being a coach that's black, I don't like to say black coach because you are just a coach that happens to be black. So, like, um, (laughs) yeah, with that, with that, is there like any sort of challenges that you face in terms of like the way you're perceived as a person in those sort of environments? Do you
2: know? Um, because knowing that I was coming on here, I sort of took some time to think about this sort of stuff. Um, I think that it's a subject that. Over lockdown, I've sort of been forced to consider in a bit of a different light. Um, I think that to try and pretend that it doesn't exist or that I probably haven't fell foul to it, I think I'd be be being a bit naive. Um, I guess me, myself, I see myself as having pure intentions and sort of rightly or wrongly, those who know me well will know that I don't look for colour in pursuit of my objectives. So, I'm pragmatic, pragmatic enough to sort of consider who a person is and what they can do, as opposed to what a person looks like and what they can't do, if you get one. Mm. Um, for me, those are the basic standards that I expect from people who employ me. Um, and I sort of hope that that's been the case. Um, I think that when it comes to being a black coach, um, I think it's important. That the opportunities that we get are the same as other coaches. Um, I see the sort of the roles that people are now earmarking, earmarking and sort of um, biggering up as progress, and I'm not as easy with the idea of taking a role specifically designed for a BAME candidate. For mm. me, it sort of seems as though it's more of a trial run or a role to say that you were given the opportunity for a period of time. Um, For me, it's really important um, that we give coaches the opportunity to prove their competence all on the same level for the same jobs. Um, Mm. I think until we find a place where... Until we find ourselves in a place where employers on a wide scale are hiring the best person for that job um, in terms of the role. And the players, and not just someone they know, or someone who's going to fit the status quo, or someone who's going to be a big name. Um, then that's when the game will grow. Um, for mm. me, those people who are, who are going to be the best people for that role, um, that's when we're going to start to see great work done on a wider scale in 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 the English game. Like I think so that's just, important. Just
0: to you know, let's be honest. Look, that's a great way to look at things. Mm. Um, mm. I, I totally agree. That's how you know that it should be. Uh, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially you say it should be given on merit of uh, of effectiveness and ability to do the job rather than anything else. Massively. Reality mm. is, though, that's not that's not what we're facing, is it?
2: Oh no! Oh no! And I think that's. Um, I think that what you what you're saying there is, it's important, but. We're now highlighting it. Three or four years ago, when, when I just started out coaching, it wasn't highlighted in the same way that it's highlighted now. We're all mm. conscious of it. It's something that, as long as we speak is it about something it
0: something that we're now conscious of, or is it, is it something that is now being spoken about? More
2: I than? think it's something that we're conscious of. Um, I think it's something that, if you asked people um, about whether they go and work at certain clubs or whether they go and work in certain environments. there would be environments that uh, certain coaches would be happy to go and work into. There'll be other environments where, where certain coaches would perhaps have a look at and say, oh, I'm not sure if I want to go and work in there or if I even want to give it a go because I don't think I'll be employed. Um, I think that the fact that we're talking about it in the way that we are and the fact that we're not going to stop talking about it I think that that's the most important thing in this process. I think that gives us the scope to get to the sort of place that I'm talking about. Mm. Um, I think that it's important that we get that we look at what we want to achieve from this and and focus on making progress towards that as opposed to just pointing the finger. I want to make sure that we get somewhere. I want to make sure that the best people and the best Black coaches get the jobs that they deserve mm. amongst
0: everyone. and I don't want—I don't want to take too much away from what you're saying, but how, you know, I just want to. I'm wondering if you could speak to how important it is because it, it is, I believe, a case where because these initiatives are out, and over the years, you know, I've—I've—I've been—I've I've been, I've been yeah. uh, involved in some of these initiatives, and I've also experienced other coaches who have been involved or have experienced or have expressed their frustrations and grievances of these situations. Yeah. How, you know, I just want you to speak to how important it is still for coaches of any ethnic background to maintain the fact that they still need to be working hard. They still need to go out there and try and get those qualifications and not not just be expected to give them the opportunity because, you know, uh, that, that's, 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 another, that's another element to this. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, shouts from particularly those... That are in the game, that there is an element that screams of positive discrimination because of all these initiatives are out there, rather than looking at the fact that these initiatives are there to kind of help support uh, that push towards, I guess, equality and inclusive environments. Rather than, you know, touched on there, you don't want to be, you'd never want to be given the job as a token gesture. Um, You never want to be given the job because you know they have to tick a box or because the quota says they need to interview a BAME candidate or anything like that. Ultimately, you want to given a job because you believe you're good enough to do the job and that person who's going to employ you also believes that too. Um, but I think a lot of people overlook that sometimes, specifically within the BAME community. And, it does, and, I, and I have experienced this myself in conversations I've had with other people that they neglect the fact that actually you still need to go out there and you still need to work hard to get your qualification. You still need to get some experience because at the end of the day, you can have all the qualifications, but you, you still need to have some sort of relevant experience or be able to... Uh, I guess develop your brand in a way where, uh, similar to what you've done, really, you know, you've you've you've, you've gone down the route of being a a performance coach and working in a more specialized context. That is the thing that's almost set you apart, and I, I guess got you to where it's got you to an extent. Yeah, um,
2: I think you know, we, we, I think it's important to, alongside this journey, it's important to be involved in trying to be the best person that you can be. Um, I think that. Is something that stood me in good stead, um, in terms of getting the roles that I have done, in terms of doing the work that I have done. My my obsession to get the qualifications, so that when I sit in front of somebody, they can't turn me away because I'm not qualified enough. Um, yeah. If I'm not going to get a job, for me now personally, I'd like to think it's because somebody's better than me. Um, and I then in turn have to look at, have to look at the way in which I can apply myself and I can be better. Now, that's that's to exist in a world where we don't feel that this profiling is happening. We don't feel that these opportunities aren't being given up. Um, for me, I try my hardest to ensure that there is no excuse not to employ me other than, mm. hey, we found somebody who is a better fit for the role, who is the best person for that job. Um, I, I, I ensure I go out of my way to get the experiences that I need, to go, to go and get the qualifications that I need, to go and get an understanding of uh, the different aspects of the game, um, just so that when I'm in conversations, if there is a job that I'm looking to go through at the time, just so that I can have those conversations and show the detail and my commitment to uh, the profession. I think, I think that's important as well. Exactly like you said, I think it's important to have and be committed to the profession. I think if you do that, you give yourself the best chance ultimately of uh, breaking the status quo for want of a better term and, and going out there and really getting yourself a decent role.
1: Yeah, I think um, that's kind of a key message for anyone that is, you know, in the up-and-coming sort of, you know, I think I know your coaches are out there that, like, well, you know, we acknowledge that there is limitations there, but you have to have that sort of relentlessness that is, the 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 climate's kinda of changing at the moment. But regardless of if it's equal or not, like you have to have that relentlessness to always um drive yourself to improve to the point that they can't reject you anymore. Um I just want to move it on a bit and just go back to the bit of the coaching. So mm. in, with your year um with your years in coaching now, um, you know, coaching different levels of, of players um, being at uh, Bristol City and now now Reading. What keeps you motivated and what keeps you inspired to constantly improve yourself?
2: You know, I think seeing young players win, um, I sort of mean that in a sense of seeing them get the opportunities that when they started, they couldn't have imagined. Um or seeing the young players go from being somebody who's got the highest potential and then go on and actually become the true version of themselves. Um, I think I get inspired by seeing uh, players who might have fallen off track on their development jump back on track and and go and achieve their aims. still. Um, I'm just excited by football, if I'm honest. I love to see the game for what it is in its in its purest form. Um I love to see young players who wanna work hard. I love to see young players who wanna be successful. Um I wanna make sure that if there's a knowledge gap for them, that I'm able to fill it. I wanna make sure that if that it won't be down to a lack of knowledge on my behalf that a young person goes without. Um I guess for me it keeps me motivated to sort of work hard to be that person that they can come to to be that person that they can sort of uh bounce ideas off of or they can sort of ask about uh ask about this for their development or this aspect of their development or or come in and and work hard towards gaining um, a greater idea of what it takes in terms of intensity, right. what it takes in terms of um, technical ability, what it takes in terms of physical capacity um, and really push on.
1: Mm. And you've already started uh, touching it all through you know, bits of this uh, conversation here, but I just wanted to get more of an idea of it. I don't create any enemies when I answer this, but um, <laughs> what's your like sort of biggest bugbear when it comes to sort of you can split into two since you're working in both sort of sectors. So like in terms of individual sort of performance coaching and academy coaching.
2: Um, yeah, I'm gonna try hard not to create any enemies, mate. <laughs> um, I see you like trying to set me up a bit. So <laughs> um, for me,
0: I guess. Name and shame, man. Name and shame. <laughs> I, I, I could never, I could never. Was, we, we lack a bit of controversy on the coach.
2: <laughs> I guess a failure to relate or embrace differences in players. Um, I mm. think my, in terms of my coaching and, and development, it's been something that stuck with me as being quite important. Um, so to see it in practice and to see it happening, I guess it can be sometimes frustrating. Um, I think that the climate of football changes slightly year upon year. And with that, more can be done to sort of support and help us all in sort of gaining that expertise. I don't necessarily think it should be left to coaches to have it in their locker or not either. I think that um, those that do have it can play a, a big role in supporting others to have it. As well, just,
0: and just, um, just on that, so you you yeah, talk. Yeah, just go on, go on that, go you go talk go there about not not leaving coaches or not not thinking of coaches if they have it or, or they have or they don't. Mm. Would you mind just sharing there? You know, just a bit of some practical steps for some of those coaches that are listening. To? Maybe some of the things that you've gone about in in your journey to kind of develop and expand on that knowledge knowledge base that you've got um so there's there is an area that maybe they need to develop on you know what kind of things they could be doing to do that because a lot of coaches you know let's 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 take take it for what it is you know we all we all have our egos um but i think one thing that you know i was having a chat with someone recently and the one thing they said one thing they said to me in that conversation that stood out and it's not it's not something i've heard for the first time but it just kind of just you know just resonates every time i, I hear it it's, you're a coach in the game, but you're not the important one. The player is, so it can't be about you. It's got to be about them. And if they need a different approach, then you need to go about finding the way to, to I guess, to need and not do things in the way you want, just because that's what you want to do. If that makes sense.
2: Oh massively. I think, I think a player's key um, in terms of sort of the way you approach that environment. If you're not considering each player and their needs, then how can you possibly cons- consider them being successful within the environment? Um, I guess for me, again, it sort of comes back to ensuring that I guess all players are different, but they like similar things. Players like to be noticed. Um, they like you to pay them attention. They like praise. Um I guess if you, can, if you notice players, and it might be something little as them having new boots this session. It might be something as like a haircut or something like that. I think that sets you on the right sort of route to understanding them individually. And sort of knowing what they're like, knowing what their style is, can sort of help you get into a deeper context with them understanding their home life, understanding the sort of things that keep them engaged, understanding how they see the game of football. Uh, These things can take you on a journey where you can actually start to build a real strong relationship with a player. And in turn, then once you've built that strong relationship, the amount you could do with that player, the amount you can really help them kick on, it becomes greater. It becomes a much more impactful place.
0: Just, just on that then, you know, if you now had a chance to go back, you know, the twenty-five years at the start of your coaching journey, <laughs> hey. uh,
2: steady, steady. <laughs>
0: oh, was it twenty-seven? Was it? No no, 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 You
2: have to put some respect on my age. Let's
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so, no, let's let's take it back to the start of your journey. And if you had an opportunity, knowing what you know now, um, having the yeah. experience you've had now, both, you know, both as a player and now as a coach, and no, I, I would like to assume that you know once you started getting involved in the coaching, you maybe as do many others started to develop a level of respect for what coaches actually do um, for the players. And I think maybe you know sometimes as young players we can take that for granted, even as maybe slightly older players until we actually step on the other side of that that white line and then you know, being the technical area as a coach as opposed to the player that like we you know, sometimes take those things for granted. If you had the opportunity to go back and speak to yourself now, starting back at your coaching journey, yeah, knowing what you know now, what message would you want to give yourself?
2: Um, I think the environment that you create around you is crucial in your development. I guess I got off to a great start um, with the people who provided me with opportunities um, to learn from. And I guess I wouldn't change that. If anything, I think I'd reach out more to others and do it
0: earlier. Can, can I just ask you a question on that? Sure. And I, I, I want to be very specific about this because I feel like a lot of it, this can be also misunderstood in what you're saying. Mm. Is it that these people gave you an opportunity, or is that you showed them something that wanted them to help you, that left them wanting to help you? Because I think that 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 bit, that piece they've also got. Often go and miss. I feel like a lot of people think OK, just because I'm in the environment, I'm gonna get the help. I
2: guess, but I guess from there my must own have been
0: something about your or your personality that actually felt, they 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 thought yeah do you know we we are gonna we are willing to support him.
2: I guess from my own perspective, I'll never know. Um, it's not something that being a young coach and sort of jumping in that I really gave too much of a thought. It was you sort of get asked right, okay, can I like would you like to come and do this? And you just sort of jump at the chance. Um, you don't really think about whether you're, whether you're doing them a favour or whether you've got aspects of sort of your abilities that, that might help them. I mean, for me, it was very much a chance of, oh, I'm going to get an opportunity to do something that I'd quite like to do. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Um, I guess everything that I've achieved has sort of been the result of me working hard. It's been the result of me trying to get to another level in terms of my development and in terms of what I see around me. Um, definitely. So there's an S- aspect of what you're saying. Defin- of course, there is. Um, yeah.
0: And then, you know, just now coming you know, at this stage now, performance coach and youth development phase coach already. Mm. Been there for a couple of years now. What's next for Reece Denton?
2: I guess from a performance coaching element, um, I'm keen to continue my work with these players and sort of support their development in ways that I guess will have a lot of meaning in their roles. The sort of roles that I'm doing right now, they're starting to become a bit more favourable in football environments. Um, so I'm quite keen to work with as many many talented young ballers as possible.
0: And then, you know, just as we start to wind down now, Mm. if if you had 60 seconds now to kind of leave the listeners with one golden nugget and, you know, maybe take forward and apply within their own context, whether that may be coaches or aspiring coaches or even other people listening to this, what would that be?
2: I guess in the current climate, there's never been a more important time to focus on your own development and sort of getting the support you need to be better. Um, I found reaching out to those who you feel can help you and don't, and sort of not forgetting to reach out to those who you can help also, I found that to be quite impactful. I used to find reaching out and networking with other coaches really tough. Um, I guess this period of lockdown has allowed me the opportunity to network and also check in on people in the industry that I know, but also people that I've got a lot of time for. Um, It's been great and it's sort of shown me a lot about how I can help support other coaches, but also go up to the mountains, as I call it, um, and seek mentors that can provide me with a greater insight into the finer details. Was that a minute? Was that a minute?
0: <laughs> just, 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 about. just over. And, uh, you failed on that one recently. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I counted it, 57 two. seconds. Yes, I, so gave, I gave you three seconds there.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, look, guys, there you have it. It's been another fantastic discussion again today. Some brilliant insights, plenty of golden nuggets for everyone to take away and apply. I just want to say thanks again for tuning in. As usual, i been joined by my co-host, Ben. Um, but a very special thanks to our guest today, Reese Denton. Uh, thanks again, Reece, for joining Thank us you. this evening. It's been a pleasure, uh, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, pleasure's one way, mate. <laughs> 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 no, but on a serious note, no, it's, it's been a very engaging and insightful conversation for us. Like I said, I think there's plenty of points in there that um, coaches, specifically those who want to maybe go down the performance coaching route um, can kind of start to think about, or even if anyone else is out there that may be thinking about a specialist area that they've not really pursued yet, maybe want to start to think about as we, you know, as we touched on there in the conversation, lads, we are, you know, moving into a time already in a time where, and I still think it's going to get deeper into that, into that d- direction where we're going to start seeing a lot more specialist coaches across different aspects of the game, uh, whether that be the performance side of things or the technical side of things. We're already starting to see things where we've got position-specific coaches or uh, phase-specific coaches in terms of being in position or out of possession, or whatnot. So, I definitely think there's going you know, a lot to think about for people there. And uh, on that note, I'm not sure if you've got any social media handles where people get in touch with you, Reese.
2: Yeah, you can uh, find me on Instagram on uh, Coach Dense UK.
0: Well, there you have it, guys. Another edition of the Coaches Network Insight Series, where we sit down with experienced individuals across the multiple disciplines within the coaching world, hoping to explore their journeys and key insights in order to package away some golden nuggets that you can apply to help you reach your full potential i've no doubt that you've enjoyed today's episode as much as we have but i just want to say thanks again for tuning in the support is much appreciated please do get in touch with us and today's guests let us know where you're listening from to share your thoughts, views and key takeaways from today's show, along with any suggestions you may have for guests or future topics on the show that you'd like to hear discussed. Ultimately, guys, the show is about yourselves. The content is for you and we just want to continue to create that great content. On that note, get in touch with us on Instagram at The Coaches Network and on Twitter at The Coaches Net. And if you want to touch base with Coach Ben, he's available on Instagram and Twitter at FocusBXN. Lastly, guys, keep an eye on our socials for the latest updates and announcements for upcoming guests and discussion topics with the panel. And until next time, guys, take care. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or Mc Sandwich.